Thanks, guys. Give the band a hand. Let's just have a quick look around you, in front of you, behind you, either side of you. Give them a smile, a nod. You've already shaken their hand, hopefully. We're going to pray for them. So let's pray for those around us right now. Loving God, I reckon I'm going to spit on you if I stand too close. Let, let, let me just do that. Loving God, we thank you for those who are in front of us, behind us, and either side of us. Lord, we want you to bless them. Lord, we want to see your, you touch their hearts, whether we know them or not, Lord. We thank you that they're here with us. And we thank you that uh, you have drawn them here. And so, Lord, speak to them. Uh, touch them deeply in some way. Because, Lord, uh, we, we know that we need it, and we gather that they need it too. So, Lord, will you come and move and breathe in them? And whatever need they come, Lord, with, uh, may you start the process of meeting that here tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in the smack in the middle of a series called All Natural. And, and the series theme, if you like, is we want to take what some people call as supernatural, the spiritual and everyday life, and, and we want to see how God collides them together into the fact that it's not something extraordinary, it's just ordinary, it's just all natural. And if you remember on the first week, if you were with us, we talked about in Acts 1 how Jesus came to the disciples and said, we're going to promise you the Spirit, and when you get the Spirit, you'll have the power to be my witnesses. That's the only job he gave them, to be his witnesses. And we explored how, first of all, the first person you've got to witness is to yourself. You've got to take responsibility for your spirituality. You've got to look at how God is working in you and what God wants to do through you. And, and, and it's nobody else's responsibility but yours to work out what you're going to do with Jesus. And before you can witness to anybody else, you've got to witness to yourself. And then we explore that, that the second realm is you're going to witness to your family. How you love those that you live with. Or love those that are your family that you don't live with anymore, but you still got to love them anyway. And how do you do that? And then we talked about the other sphere of, of the, your, your other community life that you have, your work or your school or, or whatever. And so we explore that Jesus is going to come and give us the Holy Spirit to give us power to witness to those three spheres of our lives. And last week, if you made it to the morning service, uh, it was Pentecost. And, uh, and we explored the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we, we took the first part of Acts 2 and the last part of Acts 2 because the first part of Acts 2, we saw that all the disciples up in the room, not really knowing what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, tongues like fire come and the Spirit of God falls upon them and it just changes their output and their outlook. And if you're here in the morning, you would have heard Roger talk about the fact that the, the fruit of the coming of the Spirit was this. The fruit was is that the disciples started to worship. They gathered daily to worship together. There was something that was birthed in them because the Holy Spirit came, that worship came alive. And if you're finding worship dry or you're struggling to work out what worship is, then maybe you need to ask God to bring His Spirit afresh and anew in your life again. 
And so the Spirit caused them also to, to, to birth with them a desire to get together and have fellowship together and enjoy each other's company and, 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 and grow this thing called the family of God. And then lastly, there was a, there was a birthing within them when the Spirit of God came for them to be generous. And all of a sudden their priorities shift, not of what I can grab for myself, but what I can give away. And they gave away their, their worldly possessions, they gave away their understanding of God, they, they gave it away. And so when the Spirit of God comes, it draws us into a, a sense of worship, fellowship and generosity. And today as we explore a, a, a famous reading in Acts 8, we're looking at how God can guide us, how God can speak to us because really um, that's the one thing that separates us away from everybody else in the community is the fact that you and I have this thing called the spirit of God inside of us that enables God to speak to us to guide us to to tell us what to do and and where to do it and and how to do it it's quite an amazing thing that we have. When you think about it, Romans 8 puts it this way, that God's Spirit and our Spirit come together, and as His Spirit and our Spirit come together, then there is something that happens there that makes it possible for God and for us to be in communion together. And so that we can hear God's voice. And I believe that it's God's desire for you and for me, for us to hear God's voice. Now, I know there's mental illness around and people can hear all kinds of different voices inside them, but God's voice is always positive, always wanting to uplift, always wanting the best for us. And so when God's Spirit comes upon us, we have this, this ability to hear Him. And it's really this ability to hear Him that takes it, away from following a bunch of rules into an adventure of faith. Because you can get up in the morning, you can do your Bible study, you can do your, your little bit of scripture, and, and you can pray the prayer at the end of your little devotion, and you can go about and live your day just however you like. Now, there's nothing wrong. I, I would encourage you to read your scripture. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. And I'd encourage you to say the little prayer at the end of devotion. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying if that's all it is, then you're missing out on what God wants to do inside of you to, for you to have a more active and adventurous faith than maybe you're having at the moment. It takes it from the mundane and it brings it into the, the, the path of adventure. It takes it from just being a bunch of rules into being a... a, a an activity where God is constantly speaking at you and speaking with you. Uh, Kelly and I have been uh, watching a show on Channel 7 called uh, God Friended Me. Has anyone, anyone picked up that show? About two of you. Great, it must be just feeling old. Um, it, it's a show where basically this guy gets a friend request on the social media from God. And so after a while, he's a, he's a minister's kid who's an atheist and, and uh, he, he accepts it and he starts getting these friend requests of other people that God suggests that he goes and follows. And as he does, he finds out that God wants him to help him. Now, probably the end of the story, it's not God, it's going to be some computer algorithm or something. I don't really care. 
But the, the essence is basically what they've done is they've pinched the Christian life and they've put it into a social media concept. And the fact is that, that God wants to speak to us not just in the big ticket items in life when you move house or when you, when you move a job or when you've got a, a situation going that, that uh, you're unsure about. God wants to be there in those moments, but, but that's not all he wants to be involved with. And he wants to be involved in your, in your everyday life and he wants to be speaking into that as well. And, and so I think that if we just leave it to a, a Bible study and a, and a short prayer, and we leave it just to the big ticket items in life, then we're missing out on the, the adventure that God has for us. Because God's voice does a couple of things in our lives. First of all, God wants to speak to us because he does want to give us direction. He does want to guide us. He does want to put us in situations that is the best thing for us. He wants us to be put in places that can make the most difference. The second thing I think is God's voice comes for healing. I think God's voice comes for correction. Not that any of us really enjoy that. And I think that God's voice comes for blessing. So let me pull them apart a little for you. God does want to direct our big moments of our life, but he also wants to be used for the small moments as well. And when we have the Spirit of God inside of us and we walk into a room, any room, we, we should be saying, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want to guide me? Well, when we come into any situation, any family situation, any work situation, God, how, how can... That was just really weird. Um how do you how do you want to direct me and so i think that the direction is and we're going to explore a, a, a reading on direction in a minute is um is crucial not just in the small things but the big things the healing comes when when the word of god comes to you the word of god can set you free and, and bring healing to your life there's Many a times where I've been praying for someone for a situation in their life and, and God will, will give me a, a sentence or a word that will, and, and as I go, I think God's saying this, that it actually unlocks and brings freedom and healing into people's lives. I remember once that um, I was battling with a sin that I had. I'm not going to share you what it is because you don't need to know. But uh, I was battling with it for a long time. I just kept on going back to this one sin over and over again. I said, God, I'm sick of doing this. I know it's not what you want me to do, and I know that I don't want to do it, but somehow I keep on finding myself doing it. I said, God, will, will you do something in this? And he dropped a sentence into my heart. It's about four words. And it broke it like that. Just broke it because the word of God can come and cut through all the pretense and, and all the, all the uh, situations that you're going through and go right to the heart of the matter. And when God did that for me, it just broke the back of that sin and I never had to go back to it again. So God's word brings healing to our lives, brings um, correction to our lives too. We don't like this, but, you know... It, the scripture says that God only disciplines those that he loves. In other words, 
If you're a parent that doesn't discipline your kids at all, you don't care about them. If you just let them run rampant and do whatever they like, run out into the middle of the road and, you know, play with alligators or whatever, you know, parents do, then, then you don't care about their safety and about their well-being. But if you discipline them, if you go, I want to correct you so you do what is right and what is good, then you are a loving and caring parent. Now, there's always people who take things to the extreme. But God's correction is there for us because he, li- he loves us. And, and so God will say to us, what you're doing here is not good for you. We need to deal with it. And so God's uh, guidance comes in the form of correction as well. And then it comes in the form of blessing, that we're called to be the people of God to help God bring heaven down to earth and to make a difference in our world. And, and when we speak blessing upon people's lives, it has power. And when God gives us the right word to speak, it has even more power. So we're going to just have a look at how God speaks to us in different ways tonight. We're looking at from uh, Acts chapter 8, 26 to 40. Been in church for a while. You'll know it as uh, Philip in the eunuch. Uh, if it's your first time around the Bible, uh, this is really one of my favorite stories because it's got sci-fi in it and I love sci-fi. So now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. Now, a eunuch was a man who would serve uh, a high-ranking female, either a queen or in the harem, and because he was a guy, he would have his manhood taken away. And, uh, and that's so babies just didn't miraculously start appearing uh, because of their coast quarters. So he was one of them, and this man had gone to the Jerusalem to worship. On his way home, he was sitting uh, in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as the lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who could speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with this very passage of Scripture and told him all the good news about Jesus. As they were traveling along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there is some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he uh, gave the orders to stop the chariot and then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came out of the water, the spirit suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went away rejoicing. Teleportation, I love it, it's great. 
And Philip, however, appeared in uh, Astos and travelled around preaching the gospel in the towns until he reached Caesarea. So here we have a story of Philip uh, and, and God really pointing him towards meeting a eunuch so the eunuch could go baptised. Now, now in church history or church myth, the eunuch goes back to Ethiopia and starts the Ethiopian church. So it's a, it's a radical encounter if that's true. But what we see in this story is that God is speaking in different ways all the way through the story. And I just want to pull them uh, out for you so that you can start to hook into maybe how God wants to speak to you because God speaks to us all very differently. And and so the very first uh, line that we said is that an angel of the Lord appeared to Philip and told him to go down south to the road. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think you need a lot of faith when an angel comes and speaks to you. Like when an angel comes and says, Barry, do this, you kind of go, all right, sure. Now, I don't know what the angel looked like, probably not how Hollywood puts them, but, but you, you kind of don't need a lot of faith, do you? You just go, this is a God moment. Oh, my goodness, I've got to do what it says there's been one time in my life where God has spoken to me like, and it felt like me speaking to you now. It was so crystal clear. I was about, I don't know, 18 or 19. I'd been in and out of relationships with girls and I was getting sick and tired of, um, of how I was, um, how I was uh, conducting myself, if you like. And, and so I remember I was at work one time. I was out in the sheet metal factory and I, and I was having lunch and I just said, God, I'm sick of this. And I, and, and I don't know if it was a literal voice, but man, it felt like it was. And God just said, Barry, this is what I want you to do. And I said, what? Sure. I mean, we had a little bit of negotiation. I said, well, if you want me to do that, then can we negotiate the, the other end of it? And God was gracious in that. But there wasn't a lot of faith needed. I just knew it was God and, and I, I had to act on it. And that's why God doesn't really do the angel thing too much anymore because you don't need mo- a lot of faith. There's not a lot of uncertainty when an angel comes. If an angel could come to Joseph who was you know, thinking that his wife was sleeping around, and an angel say to him, no, marry that woman. This is all a part of my plan. And he goes, yeah, okay. An angel encounter, you don't need a lot of faith. You just know it's God. And that's why God brings angels up at really key points in Scripture. So that we know that we know that it's Him. And so if you're the type of person say, well, I'm only going to follow God when He sends a really big thing to say, this is what I want you to do, you're not going to get it too much in your life. But he does do it from time to time. The second way that God speaks is um, through his spirit and it says that, that the spirit told Philip to go and walk up alongside, to go near to the carriage. Now, 
The Spirit of God is, is what I'm talking about, His Spirit and our Spirit connecting together. And this is a state that I think that God wants us to get to, that we start to, to know that it's God. We still need faith to act upon it, but there's a certainty that it's God who's speaking to us. And I think that God wants you and I to be able to walk through this life knowing when, God is, when He is speaking to us. We still have to act on faith with it. We still have to, um, we still have to step out a little, but there's a, there's a bit more of certainty that is going on in there. I think God wants us in that space. And so there are times where I just feel the Spirit of God say to me, Barry, I want you to go and do this. And so I, I just trust that it's God. It doesn't work out every single time, but I do. The other week I, I was in my office and the play group had just finished up and I, and I heard the, the Spirit just say to me, Barry, go out into the hallway. So I went out into the hallway and there was one of the mums and, uh, and we started talking about forgiveness and, and I just said to her, I said, to understand forgiveness, you've got to know that you're forgiven. Do you want to know that God forgives you? She goes, yeah, I do. And so I got Alyssa and Amy to go and pray with her and she gave her life to Christ right there and then. And it's not because of me, it's just because I just felt the Spirit say, go, and I went. And I think the, the Spirit of God speaks to us more than we like to give God credit for. And so he speaks to us through his spirit, talking to our spirit. Lastly, uh, not lastly, um, the second to last is that God gives us the nudge. And this is the one that we all feel just a little bit more comfortable with. When he's walking along the, um, uh, beside the carriage and he's hearing the scripture being read, he has this nudge to ask a question. Do you know what you're reading? It's kind of a nudge. I mean, the Spirit of God didn't ask him to do that. The Spirit of God just asked him to go and walk beside the carriage. But he got a nudge to say, this guy might not understand what he's reading, so I'm going to ask him to. And God works in those kind of nudges where we just get a, a feeling like I, I ring someone or I might have to do something. It's, a, it's a, just a little nudge. It's not a definite yes. It takes a far more faith to step into it. But the more nudges that we, um, we explore, the clearer the voice of the Spirit comes within us. You've got to love a good nudge. And lastly, uh, how God speaks to us, when it's not a direct voice or it's not the Spirit speaking, but it's not just nudges, it, it's through Scripture. And so God is already doing a work with the eunuch in, in, in the carriage. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week, how God works beyond us. But, but we see that it is through the Scripture that, that God starts to, to bring revelation of what He wants in people's lives. And that, that as we come to Scripture, if we come to Scripture every day, and we don't just read it like a textbook, but we read it saying, God, will you reveal something to me? And God will speak to us that way as well. The thing I love about this story, other than that, that Philip gets teleported away, and I just can't get over that. I just love that sci-fi kind of feeling. 
is that at no time did God say to Philip, okay, go down to the road. When you get to the road, you'll see a chariot. When you see the chariot, go walk alongside the chariot. When you walk alongside the chariot, you'll hear someone reading Scripture. When you hear them reading Scripture, ask them the question about whether or not they understand it. And then what will happen is that guy will give his life to Jesus and be baptised. That's not how it works. And there are some of you, I believe, who really would like God to speak to you that way. Just give me a list so I can just tick it off and work through it. But I can guarantee you, if you knew God's plans for you, you would run away. But God gives us just enough for us to take another step of faith. Why does he do that? He does that because he wants you to build up your trust in him. And the more that you step into what he has for you, the more he will give you. And every time you feel a nudge or every time you feel the Spirit do something inside of you and you refuse to walk in it, you limit that opportunity to grow deeper in your relationship with God and go on the adventure of faith. I think I've shared with you before that when I first became a Christian, um, really sensed that God uh, was wanting me to use a gift of prophecy. And so I'll be sitting in a prayer a prayer meeting, and God will give me a word for someone across the room. So Barry, I want you to tell them this. And I just freaked out. So I'm not doing that. What if I'm wrong? What, 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 if, what if they believe me and it's not of you and they go and do something really silly with it? And so I stopped doing it. And as I stopped doing it, the opportunity started to dry up. And as the opportunity started to dry up, there was something that was happening with me. Going, God, why aren't you speaking to me like that anymore? He goes, well, you're not doing anything with it. And God wants to speak to you. He wants his spirit to, to come alive in you and he wants you to be on an adventure of faith where, where you can hear his voice and follow his ways and make a difference in this world, in your life and in other people's lives. But if you keep on ignoring it and pushing it down and pushing it to one side, it will dry up. In fact, there's three things that I think that, um, that can stop us from hearing the voice of God. Three things that we can have happen, in, we can allow happen in our life that stops us from hearing the voice of God. The first thing I think is that we can allow idolatry to come up in our life. And idolatry is basically this something good, usually, something that we enjoy that we then put in the place of God instead of God. So it doesn't have to be something bad. But we make it bad because we take it out of its rightful place and put it in the place of God and we call it, it's called an idol. And when we elevate something, anything, family, uh, careers, uh, affections, uh, needs, wants, whatever we elevate into that space of God, whatever we try and fill what the space inside of us that God wants us to have, into that place, there, there's three things that will happen. First of all, you, you'll find distraction, 
you'll find distortion and you'll find distance. So whenever you elevate an idol in your life, okay, there will be a, 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 an opportunity for you to be distracted on about anything but God. So you sit down and you open up your Bible app, you go, I'm going to read the scripture today. And all of a sudden, you'll be flicking over to Facebook or to Instagram or you'll be checking out the news websites, going on Wikipedia, looking at some obscure southeastern country and what's happening in the political realm over there. You'll be doing everything and anything but actually connecting with God. And if you're struggling to hear the voice of God and, and, and when you're actually trying to sit down and do it and you're feeling distracted probably a good chance that you might have an idol in your life. Or you can find yourself being distorted and that is that you start to blame others and other people and other situations for why your life is not as fulfilled as what you think it should be. And you distort truths and you distort how you see the world because you've put something else in the place of God. And then there purely is the distance. That your feeling of feeling connected with God gets further and further and further away. The joy of your salvation has dried up. The joy of being connected with God and hearing the voice of God dissipates. That's what idolatry brings. And that can stop you from hearing God. The other thing that can stop you hearing God is just pure lies in your life that either God can't use you that way or God doesn't speak to you or God can't do it, they will keep you away. And the last one is fear. When you're so worried about, what if God actually wants me to go down and speak to a chariot? I don't know if I could speak to a stranger. I don't think I could go into those kind of situations and your mind goes all over the place. But this is what I want you to concentrate on tonight. God wants to speak to you. He's done everything with Jesus on the cross and in, and, and in sending his spirit at Pentecost so that you can. He wants you to have an adventure of faith. Not just going through the motions of your life, not you just wondering what you're going to do with your life, but direction and purpose and fun. I have fun listening to God and listening to when he, when he goes, Barry, I want you to go, and I just go, I don't know what I'm going to find. It's my personality type. I love that kind of adventure. But God wants to speak to you. The question is, do you want to hear? And if you're not hearing, are you even prepared to do whatever it takes to start hearing God again or for the first time? Are you prepared to remove that idol? Are you prepared to ask God to deal with that fear? Are you prepared to let God dismantle any lies that you have? Because he wants to guide you because he wants you to experience healing. He wants to guide you because he wants you to have direction. He wants to guide you because he wants you to be a blessing. 
He wants to guide you, yes, so that you can be corrected and so that you can grow into the person he's always created you to be. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. So will you stand to your feet? Zach, you can hand up. The rest of you can stay there. I simply want to encourage you to do this tonight. If you've heard God's Spirit in the past and it's distant now, and there's something inside of you as I've been talking and preaching that says, I want that, I want to hear God's voice again, I want a renewal inside myself, then I'm going to ask you to respond by just putting your hands out while everybody's got their eyes closed. Hands out in front of you. And if you've got an idol in your life and you know it, you've elevated something that you know that shouldn't be there and you want to do something about it tonight, then I just want you to put your hand on your heart. And we're going to pray and we're simply going to ask God to do a work inside of us. So Holy Spirit, will you come right now? in your love and in your power and in your glory. And I pray right now, Lord, for those who who have put other things in your place. Lord, will you give them a heart of repentance? We give them a heart, Lord, of saying, Lord, I, I renounce that and I want you to be now in the Lord of my life. And will you fill them afresh and anew in the power of your Holy Spirit? So easy, Lord, for us to drift there. But I thank you, Lord, for those who who need to remove it, Lord, and put you back there, Lord. Will you make that happen now in Jesus' name? And for those, Lord, who are here who need to experience your love and grace again, that voice inside of you to start this adventure of faith, either for the first time or again, Lord, we pray for them. Holy Spirit, come. Remove the lies, remove the doubt, remove the fear and flood through them with your love and your grace. Holy Spirit, come and breathe new life into them. Help them, Lord, to be courageous and and listening to those nudges, listening to your spirit and stepping into it. And I just want to praise you, Lord, that you've got so much more for us than what we what we appreciate. And it all starts with your voice. So come, Holy God, and move. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.